one of the parties I had too much tequila and I woke up with a hickey and it was given by my biological father. This episode contains discussions of graphic sex, molestation, and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict, a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know, those deep, dark secrets you probably want to take to your grave or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing. Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Crystal. Now, Crystal, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? Well, I have two secrets. <laughs> I'm going to start with a funny one. Uh, was married at 14. I'm originally from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And long story short, my mom is how she is. And I love her to death. Mm-hmm. But she found out, she asked me if I had sex with my boyfriend. My boyfriend said no. I said yes. And three days later, she had a judge come into the house to marry me. (laughs) No. You got forced into marriage by your mom? Well, I mean, if you're going to bring the judge to the house, I was like, if you're going to go through all that trouble, I just get married. I mean, so it wasn't like forced. (laughs) Well, yeah, she was like, here you go. You better do it. You have to get married pretty much. And you said, okay. It was... (laughs) Yeah, it was a month before my 15th uh, uh, birthday. Oh my and God. we celebrate quinceañera, you know, in the, yeah, in the yeah. big community. So I had everything set up and she canceled everything. <gasps> so I was like, I'm at least going to use my dress. So I got to wear my dress. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I love the positive spin at 14, though. Wow, that is so young. I, yeah. I, I think you, uh, how, how do you even know how to be a wife at 14? Oh, I didn't. I was the worst one. He <laughs> says I was good, but I was the worst one. I called my mom a lot. Are you still <laughs> I married? My mother-in-law. Uh, no, we only lived together for 10 months. Oh, it lasted 10 months. Yeah, yeah. I was out of there. And then that's going to go into leading to my second secret. <laughs> okay. What is that secret? So, um, long story short, again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) after the marriage, you know, I called my biological father and I was like, hey, I'm done with Puerto Rico. Can I go and live with you? Mm -hmm. So I came and live with him. But that experience was like my worst time ever. And now I can say I'm a survivor of incest. Oh, because when I came over here, mm-hmm. I was a teenager. 
Yeah, you were 15, right? If yes. it was 10 months. So you, where where did you move to from Puerto Rico in the States? Uh, yes, I was in Maryland for three years. So you moved to Maryland. Have, had you ever met your father, biological father? When I was one, he stopped by on his money, honeymoon. He was like, hey, let me kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> <gasps> honeymoon to another woman? Uh, yes, it was oh his my. second marriage. And okay. he stopped by to meet his daughter on his honeymoon in Puerto Rico. <laughs> okay, but you were one years old. You don't remember that. So honestly, when I you moved- nine. Oh, you were nine. So you still, right, so young. So then you move with him or to Maryland. And then what happened? He's a stranger. Yeah, a complete stranger. <laughs> yeah. So we were like friends and he started the training because he didn't want me to be like my mother. Okay, wait, 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 he wait. He was wait, married wait, wait. to my mother. Okay, what do you what did you just say? Training? What does that mean? Uh to be a, a better wife. <gasps> so pretty much grooming. You will call that grooming. Grooming, yes. You're your biological father groomed you to be a better wife. Yes. Wow. I have never said that before. <laughs> and I know, and we were just talking, you and I before, like laughing at those uncomfortable moments, right? Like that yes. laughter, because that's how we process it sometimes. Because you just said this out loud for the first time. And all I want to do is like hug you. And it's like... It's uncomfortable. Okay, let me go back real quick. My parents got married. Okay. They get divorced because okay. she he used to hit my mom. My mom is from a small town in Puerto Rico. Okay. My biological father is a New Yorican, meaning that he was half in New York and half in Puerto Rico. So that, that's what it's called, New Yorican. So he, he goes to the island. And meets my mom. My mom had no business to be with this man. <laughs> Can I ask, Are they, is there a huge age gap with them or no? No, not really. No. Oh, I think okay. my mom is a year older than him. And uh, long story short, there's a crazy stuff that happens in Puerto Rico after they get married. And he disappears from the island. Were they married still? Yes. And my mom, instead of being like, hey, you left me here. I want nothing to do with you. My mom said, buy me a ticket so I can go with you. <laughs> so she goes to New York and she gets beat up from day one. Oh, your poor mother. Yes, she yeah. is an angel and I call her almost perfect. So I love her to death. She's my best friend. She had the help of a lot of brothers. She got mm -hmm. 10 siblings. Oh, wow. So she had a, a, a support Good to get her, her back to the island and put a wall so she wouldn't go back because she kept going back and forth. You know how it is. Yeah. Your first love. So but once I was born, she didn't want me to be, be in that environment. So you then were raised in Puerto Rico. She goes back to Puerto Rico and she meets my dad, who I call my dad, but I was a year old when he came into our lives. So my stepdad. <laughs> well, he's my dad. I mean, I'm yeah. a daddy's girl. He Aww. is awesome. <laughs> oh, I love that. So she had a happy ending with that then. Yes. 
Uh, my stepdad, he's been amazing, rescue us and everything else. At nine years old, I meet my biological father. At 15 years old, I tell him, let me live with you. How'd your mom feel about that? Oh, she almost ended up at a mental hospital. It's not funny. I'm sorry. I have asked him for forgiveness. <laughs> but she no, it's okay. Yeah. But she couldn't probably stop you, right? She couldn't. Um, I I have been a four since I was born. <laughs> so no, it's pretty much I do my thing. Once I say my mind into something, I get it done. So and she saw it as she knew that once I wanted to live with him, there was nothing that she could do. She just was waiting for it to be like when I was 18 or 20, yeah. not at 15. And being an only child. I was her world. So I was her purpose. I was her mission. So I just came over here and went to school at uh, English as a single second language. And then they gave a test and they were like, are you too smart? You have to go to an American school. So I went to an American school and graduated. At this time, we're just like friends. And he's doing that training my 16 can you just can you just explain to the listeners what that training is yes okay so at 16 years old that's a few months after i i came here in august okay. 19 years ago in november my 16th birthday he gives me a toy adult toy so i can learn about my body mm-hmm. when he took me shopping um, he bought me thongs and sexy lingerie. And what did he say when he was doing that? How did he explain that? That he wanted me to be sexy and not turn like my mom. Boring. Boring. And what were you thinking? Can I just ask your young 16 year old mind? What were the thoughts in your head? If you can go back and remember. That is where the a lot of the shame comes from. Because in Puerto Rico, I couldn't talk about this kind of conversations. Yeah, sexual, so I that said, kind of yes, conversation. It was yeah. a voodoo. We oh. pretty much have the conversation after somebody gets pregnant. Which is not the Too best, <laughs> not the best form of sexual education, I would say. <laughs> not at but was all. Was there this like, did you so as a young 16 year old with this man you don't know, but you trust because he's your biological father, right? So we're supposed to trust our biological parents. But then there's this, are you feeling powerful in your sexuality a little bit because you're able to have these conversations? Oh, yeah. My 16-year-old self, it mm-hmm. was like, yes, somebody understands me. Somebody gets me. Somebody wants me to leave, live my truth or my full self and not trying to, like, squash my sexuality. Is that what you were thinking? Yes. Okay, perfect. I, I totally get that, too. When I was 15, 16, I felt like, oh, I'm being seen for, like, the whole me. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. It was the missing piece of the puzzle. That your mom was always denying you. Yes, because my whole family is a type of like they hit you with the Bible. You're going to believe in God or you're going to believe in God. Like there's no other choice. And I want to be clear, my mom's side of the family and my dad who took me in when I was one, Mm -hmm. nothing like this has ever happened. And I have a lot of uncles that are alcoholics and they don't talk 
young girls. I respect, I don't know how many uncles I have, but I respect all of them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now, coming to my biological side of the family, Mm -hmm. it has been known of other family members doing that to other family members. Wow. So it's almost like this weird, twisted addiction generational trauma that gets is has gotten passed down it sounds like yes and I'm trying to stop the generational curse and this is what you're doing right now because talking about it is the first step yes so then three years in Maryland so I don't see that part is grooming Mm -hmm. but I didn't see it as an abuse because of my mentality at 16 years old of like I'm free Mm -hmm. I can be myself somebody understands me yes coming to where I live now things changed the training went into another level okay because I was the I was actually the woman of the house because my stepmom has stayed behind she didn't want to move Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, so that was at 19, are you saying? So 16 to 19, he was grooming you. How far did the grooming go? Did he just like say- It was just conversations. Okay, so then at 19, you guys move? We moved to another state. And she didn't want to go? She didn't want to come with us. Wow. So it's almost like she sacrificed you or something. Um, It was was toxic between them. They have a son- which is my half brother. Uh-huh. And I was the one trying to protect him from all the fighting and craziness. Right, right, right. So you so took then, on the protective role. Yes. Right. And then when I came over here, it was already the mindset, but nothing had had happened yet of I'm the wife and I have a son. <gasps> so you totally took on that role. A hundred percent. Okay, so when did it just turn, turn? Like, can you take us to that day? We went to, uh, I was into swingers. I was, (laughs) I'm into the poly lifestyle. Like right now, my boyfriend has two girlfriends. So I have always been in the swingers world, poly life and all of that. Hey, I'm down for any poly life as long as there's communication. People always think because I'm a sex yes. and love addict that I don't be- I only believe in monogamy, which is not for me. I do. But hey, if you are in that world, that is totally cool. If it's there's communication, it's the lying and the secrets that I think is where it gets sh- shysty. <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah. And uh, now it's three consensual adults in this relationship (laughs) so everything is cool well anyway that's for another episode (laughs) yeah that's like a whole other episode you're like taking the secrets through secrets but let me just ask you when did you start doing the poly lifestyle did you do that between like 16 and 19 like when you were dating people and stuff I was introduced to it the second I got to uh, Kansas okay okay so at 19 at 18 19 okay 
I was already straight up got in the plane and got my first girlfriend and stuff like that. I have been bisexual all all of my life. Love it. But it wasn't until Kansas that uh, I found out about swingers. Mm. So I have this guy who's in his 30s and he owns clubs. Well, in one of the swingers event, my biological father was there. (gasps) He just showed up. Did you know he was going? Well, he was into the swingers lifestyle, too. It was going to happen sooner or later. And instead of being awkward Mm -hmm. and leaving, Mm -hmm. we started hanging out together. And going to these events together. Yes. Okay. Because he felt instead of being a responsible biological father and being like, hey, you're in your 30s. You shouldn't be with my teenager. It was like, oh, no. When is the next party so we can go to? So here's my question. When 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 did it turn sideways? One of the parties, I had too much tequila and I woke up with a hickey and it was given by my biological father. Wow. Did you know it was given to him by him or did he inform you? I woke up next to him and his girlfriend at the time. Wow. And how was that? How was uh, that revelation to your sober mind? bad. We could not talk about it. We got yelled at if we talk, tried to talk about it. And then with a lot more grooming, alcohol, and I don't want to say weed because I'm pro weed, but with a lot of alcohol mm-hmm. and weed, that he he grew me more to mm-hmm. like turn me into the mistress at the time of of him and his girlfriend yes wow and then i know this is like sensitive and i totally if you don't want to answer any questions you do not have to and i'm just saying that but like when was that moment that it, it went all the way do, were you so drunk? Were you so high that you don't remember? And you like, because I disassociated when I was sexually assaulted. So I don't remember. But I just wondering if you have that memory or not. Um, Even through a lot of trauma work, mm-hmm. therapy and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> if you tell me to scratch my head three times a day, I will do it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember that that night. Yeah, it's like your brain is protecting you. And I had like a lot of tequila. So blackouts was yeah. Patron was known to have a lot of blackouts as a teenager. But here's the thing that alcohol protected you because sometimes those memories, when we black them out like that, it's our psyche taking care of us because we can't go there. You know yes. what I mean? So one therapist explained to me as um, a veteran going to war yep he does what he needs to do to survive yep then comes back and he has to deal with am i that person that was in survival or am i this person now right so this is me yeah i had i did what i had to do to survive because i was afraid of him Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was going to lose him and my brother. So I'm losing my husband and my son. Mm, and that was very hard. Very hard. Especially Having all my family in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So that is a, 
an amazing description and because it's that PTSD, right? That we protect, like that survival. But and then we go through. So how what was the moment? Well, okay, let me ask this first. How long did that go on? Because of a lot of work again, mm-hmm. I thought that it was like for a hundred years. But it comes out that I met the guy that I was dating at the time that introduced me to Swingers Club. We had lost contact and started contact again at 21. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then at 22, I met my boyfriend. So I'm I'm thinking like maybe a year, a year and a half Mm -hmm. where there was a lot like six months of grooming Mm -hmm. until I just finally gave in. And how long did that giving in go for us? How long did that period of time? That's what I'm saying. That is in 22? between a year to a year and a half. Got you, because got at you. 22, I met my boyfriend uh-huh. and it was 22 in November and I met him in April. So that's what I'm saying between 21 and 22. When I met my boyfriend, that's like a year and a half. Yeah. So that went on a year and a half. Wow. Yes. Okay, so how has the intense, because you have, you've been dealing, doing therapy and going through this trauma, how has the waves of that affected your relationships in yourself? Um, I didn't have a relationship with myself till the past year. Wow, congratulations. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. That's, That's huge because sometimes people that have been through what you're talking about never get that relationship with self. So how has that been like finding yourself again? I love myself. I am feeling less and less shame every day. Good. And just feeling like a true badass. (laughs) You are a badass. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's like when things like that happen to us or we do, we think we put ourselves in those positions, we were taken advantage of. You were taken advantage of. You were young, right? So there's forgiveness. There is no shame. There is no stigma. You were a victim. Yes, thank you. But that takes a really long internal work and time to get to that. And can you just describe that healing process to the listeners? If anybody's going through any abuse whatsoever, that you can help them see there's light at the end of the tunnel? Oh, yeah. At first, it feels like you're dying. Yes. Uh, But and it's like my mentor explained it. You are dying and birthing a new person, the true you, your true self without the abuse, without the manipulation. And uh, yeah, you just take it day by day. Yeah. I just had a breakdown before this interview. (laughs) I listened to my Christian playlist on Spotify Uh and I was ready to go. Let's do this. Oh, tell me about the breakdown right before. Were you just crying? Like what was coming up for you? There was a song saying about the future and your story is powerful. I wish I could remember it. And it just hit me. Mm -hmm. And I just started crying and telling myself that I love myself, Mm -hmm. that I was okay, that I am okay. And that this story is not mine. It's like I'm religious, so it belongs to God. Yes. And it will help others. So if he if he, I had to go through hell to help others, then I'll take it. It was my bottle. I fought it. And now I'm on the other side thing. Thankfully. 
Yeah. And I just have to tell you, you just telling how we started and how you're talking now is completely different. Just so you know, like oh. the tone of your voice and and the power that you just said that in is just I got goosebumps because that's the truth. We go through this darkness, you and I or whoever is listening to then give it to someone else to help them. Do you see like this isn't your story anymore. This doesn't define you. Yes. And it it actually has given you this purpose. I always think like my darkness has given me a purpose to help other people. Yeah. And that's what I, I do it. I do it on social media on the other side, you know, and uh, I just love it because I know that there's a lot of people feeling alone, especially when it comes to family members hurting yeah. you that are supposed to be the people that um, help you. But yeah. when in that when that when that happens, then you have to create your own family, the ones that doesn't trigger you, the ones that respect you and the ones that love you for who you are. Yes. And doesn't take advantage of you. It doesn't cross boundaries. Right. So that is my last question for you. I literally could talk to you forever. And I just love that you give your story over to God. Like that is so powerful. But if somebody is listening and they're they're you know, have inappropriate family members, incest, somebody grooming them, what would be your first advice for them? What would be your your words of hope for them right now? Oh, my. It's so complicated because when it comes to family, depending on the age, too. Mm -hmm. So speak your truth and find that person that believes you because Mm -hmm. there is people out there that believe you and will protect you and will love you. Wow. Well, thank you, Crystal, for coming on and sharing your experience, strength and hope in your story. And I'm just so honored to know you and just proud of you and your healing. Honestly, thank you. Thank you for building this safe place for me to share my story. Oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Okay. (laughs) If you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.